hustlers, road players, tournament champions. Hear the stories, get their advice, learn about their lives. Our host, Joey Ryan, brings you an inside look at the professional pool player. You're listening to the Pool Player Podcast, brought to you by Pool Scene 365. Hey guys, Joey Ryan, Pool Player Podcast. Thanks so much for joining. This is the start of season two, and we have a great interview for you today. It's a guy who's really right at the cusp, top, top amateur, kind of knocking on the door, but he really doesn't aspire to be a professional pool player. But what he does do is he's an instructor and he's really like coaching folks. And I tell you the referrals that I've gotten on him, people are just like, man, a couple lessons with this guy. And I just feel like I'm a completely new player. And he started, uh, we started talking, I guess about right when I started the podcast, he was very supportive of what I was doing. I was just really impressed with his demeanor, his attitude, and, you know, just seems like a great positive guy and, and somebody I wanted to promote for the sport of pool. So I think you guys are going to enjoy this one. It's Tanner Pruce from South Dakota. Now, before we get to that, I just want to mention a few things. Uh, again, this is the start of season two. I have an amazing season for you. Some great interviews lined up. You guys are going to love it. That's some big names, big names. I'm going to tease them out uh, over the next couple of weeks. And I think you guys are going to be really excited, but thanks for all you do. Share, share if you don't mind, like it, subscribe. And um, if you want to support what I'm doing, then go to the Patreon. It's, where is it? Right up there. And go to uh, search Pool Player Podcast on Patreon and you can subscribe uh, to uh, support me on Patreon. Uh, I have something planned for that that I think is going to be really neat and a way to get for you to get special access to some of these interviews, maybe ahead of time or in a live fashion. So um, I'm working on that. So stay tuned. Anyway, thanks so much for your support. Without further ado, it's Tanner Pruce. Hey, Tanner, thanks so much for joining. How's it going, man? Hey, I'm blessed to be here. Uh, another good day and good to finally meet you and, and speak with you. Yeah, like right from when I started the podcast, it's like, you know, you and I were almost like best friends online. We're chatting it up and we know a lot of the same people because you're in South Dakota. I was from Colorado for a while, lived there. And so I noticed we had so many mutual friends and everything. So it's really cool to connect with you. And I, I want to find out all about you. So tell us, how did you get started uh, playing pool? Yeah, um, I just grew up around the game from the very beginning. So I have a grandpa that plays, father plays, and aunt uncle play. Uh, I grew up with uh, a U.S. billiards table, kind of similar to a, a seven-foot valley pool table in our basement. So from the very beginning, I was always around the game. Um, I can remember in younger years going to state tournaments to watch my dad play and my grandpa play and just kind of tagging along and just always being around the game. So that's that's how I, I got my start. And then uh, after watching it, and I I was able to participate in like VNEA junior leagues. And that's that's kind of where my interest sparked and, and just enjoying the, the competition and the camaraderie with different players from different states and then even different countries at like VNEA junior nationals was, was super cool to see and just really piqued my interest. So, um, yeah, kind of a, a family ordeal and, and spun off from there into junior leagues and now adult leagues and kind of traveling on an amateur level 
all over the place, wherever it might take me. So you mentioned your family. I'm sure they were a big influence. Uh, Did you have any other influences? I mean, I know being from South Dakota, I'm sure, you know, you've been exposed to Shane Van Boning. Tell us uh, any other influences. Oh, for sure. So grew up always seeing Shane play at the the state tournaments and, and just kind of as he was breaking through is, and is where I started coming on. But um, I got real serious kind of right around high school. And, and that's where I, I was brought on a, a top team in South Dakota. Um, and that was through Mick Tiefenthaler. And he's kind of the one that took me under his wing to, okay, here's what high level competition in pool is like. And here's how you succeed. Here's processes and systems to do because we're not just going in there willy nilly. Like these are specific things you do to give you an advantage and, and just be more confident and have that consistency. So, so Mick played a big part in my game. And then also right at the the end of high school was my, my first professional instruction. I worked with Randy G out of Texas. He came up to, Eastern South Dakota and ran like a, this is a three day clinic for oh, 10 players uh, kind of around South Dakota and Minnesota. And, and that just really excelled my level. And I was super happy with that investment, just found it super valuable uh, things I still use to this day. And, and, and without Mick and Randy definitely wouldn't be with where I am today on the, the amateur level skill wise, for sure. So, you know, with everybody, there's something that draws us to the game, some some attraction that we have. With me, I always love math and geometry. And, you know, is there something that kind of instantly grabbed you and said, yeah, this game is for me? I was trying to think of that moment. Like a, a lot of players say it was the first time they, they saw a draw shot or a masse shot or a, a jump shot or something really cool. I think just the the competition and the camaraderie from people of all walks of life and and all over the country and different countries, um, just being brought together with this one silly little game, and and that there's so many different strategies and and kind of skill levels. I I think that just drew me to the game and just got me addicted for sure. I love that you say that because I, I tell people, you know, I meet people and I tell them I play pool and they're like, why do you play pool? And one of the things I find that's most fascinating about the game is you could literally play in an event and the person that you play be like somebody who's really down on their luck and struggling, maybe even homeless, living in their car. And then the next round you play a millionaire who's playing with a $10,000 cube, you know? And so it's given me, and I'm sure you, I kind of picked that up in your answer, it's given us the ability really to meet people that we wouldn't normally meet, uh, have relationships we wouldn't normally have. Uh, it's funny, uh, funny story real quick, kind of an aside. Uh, I sold a queue yesterday and uh, okay. this guy was going to come to my house and pick it up. And so I forgot and I left and I ran to the store. And so we have one of these door locks that has like the combination on it. And so my wife and I are on the way to the store and I'm like, oh, I got a friend coming over. He's picking up a cue and I gave him the code of the door. And she's like, what? A pool player? You gave him a code of the door? And I'm like, no, you don't understand. There's like this, you just get a feel about people, you know, and, and folks that you play pool with and. It, there's just something good and wholesome about it. Do you have similar experiences? Oh, absolutely. There's just uh, 
the sport gets a bad rap, but when you look at the people in it that you're you're around frequently or run across at at different events, it it's just so reassuring. Like there's good humans out there, and that's 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 awesome today, for sure. Well, I know you've been pretty big in the instruction game, which I'm sure you've met a lot of great people doing that as well. What initially attracted you to teaching people how to play pool? That's, I was thinking back of like, when did I actually get started? And my aunt sent me a picture of a report card. So the year is 2003. I'm like just going into high school. So I'm a middle school graduate. And and my first cousin is in our basement and we're playing pool. And I'm like, I'm going to teach you how to play pool just because I was a little better than he was. So just being young and, and weird, I was like, I'm going to make your report card. So you're terrible at all these things starting out beginning of the summer. And let's, let's see at the end of the summer if we can't improve some of these grades. So, so after I've been instructing now, like the last couple of years, seriously and taking it serious and doing some good marketing, she, she messaged that over to me. Of She kept it from 2003 of my first cousin's report card. And it's, it's hilarious. We'll have to, we'll get an image of that for people to check out. Yeah, that's awesome. And you know, assessment is really so important. It's the part that I think we do least the least amount of, right? We can yeah. work we can yeah. work on new things, but how often do we measure kind of where we are and where we're going and how much we've progressed, right? My kids play on a, a club soccer and we pay thousands of dollars a year for them to play and this is the first season that they're actually getting an assessment preseason. And then they're going to be able to measure that against where they are midway or towards the end of the season. So I think that's great that that you're doing that. Are you working with uh, top players? Are you working with amateurs? Uh, both? Like, what what are you doing now and what do you aspire to do with instruction? Yeah, so, so just recently, at so we had our, our South Dakota State Tournament on an amateur level. Um, I think it was here in March, and I did a little little event just between uh, singles and team for the juniors, um, just a free couple hours, like, hey, swing by table, X, Y, Z, I'll be there, and I'll, I'll give free instruction. And, and that was super cool just to have juniors that might be there watching their parents, and their, their range could be, I've never held a cue before where my dad takes it really seriously, and he's taught me, and here I am a good advanced junior level. So it's, it's a big range with the kids, but then also I do a lot of amateur instruction, just, just taking people like 500 Fargo rate and, and let's develop that consistency and let's find that confidence and, and just tweaking some minor things and, and getting processes and systems in place that they might not otherwise know that they're not doing, um, just to increase their skill level. So it ranges. Uh, uh, I got a big heart for the juniors, but amateurs and even top top level amateurs, I, I enjoy helping. Nothing nothing on the pro side yet, but that maybe that's down the line for sure. Well, I know you have an event coming up with my arch nemesis. I can't believe you partnered with this guy, Adam King, a really good player out of Colorado. I, we were talking a little bit about it before, but that guy, man, I just... I had a hard time beating that guy. He's a he's a really good player, and every time we faced off, it's so funny because we would gamble, and if it was like 500 or more, 
he'd win. And then we'd play a set for a hundred and I'd win, you know? So <laughs> the guys up on me were probably close to even in wins and losses. And the guys up a lot of money on me. Uh, but it, so how did that partnership develop? Is it just this one event or what are you guys, what are you guys doing together? Sure. So, so it's coming up July 3rd in Denver at Tony Piazza's place, uh, Piazza's sports bar over in Aurora side of Denver. Um, so we're just taking six seats. I think we have two seats left that are unfilled. Um, just going to do a, a four hour amateur clinic and go over like these processes, like shot routine. What are we doing every shot and, and how can we find that consistency? Do some, some minor tweaks, nothing major generally for, for these types of players, but just jump them up one more level, get that consistency, get that confidence. Um, so that way they can really enjoy the competition more and, and find those results after focusing on the process. Um, but yeah, Adam and I are just both pool nerds. We love talking about the game. We just, yeah, nonstop talking about the game. So we're like, we need to bring this to Denver, make it happen. And excited to do it at Tony's pool hall. That's, that's going to be my first time there. So excited to host the clinic and try the food. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great place. I was there for the Danny Olson, Chris Robinson match. I commentated that match and beautiful place. And Tony, you know, Tony and Patrick, they do a great job running that place. In fact, I was telling somebody that I'm in there talking to Tony and we're having a serious pool conversation. And one of his customers is like, hey, Tony, the guy's like an APA three. Come on over and play me a game of eight ball. And Tony's like, I'll be right back. Goes over and plays the guy. And it's just so cool to see them interacting with their customers the way that they do there. It's a great place. Yeah. So in terms of instruction, I, I don't want you to give away your secrets. I know you you probably make some money with this. Uh, but can you share with us one piece of if you could only give one piece of advice to an aspiring player uh, what would that be what do you see maybe most often in a player that if they make slight changes to it could really help them out the the biggest one lately that I think is lacking that's not talked about much let's let's focus more on the process rather than the result because everyone has so much anxiety I want to I want to win this match or I really want to win this this tournament and do well. Well, those are things outside your control. So no use stressing or having anxiety about those, but let's focus on the process of, of what might get us there. So pre-shot routine, like let's do the same thing on the same shot every time. And that way it's going to be repeatable. We'll, we'll have that consistency, have that confidence and focusing on that process will in the end lead us to that result rather than just having anxiety about it and, and maybe one day waking up and not having a consistent process or one day where we really work on that process, we can find consistency, find that confidence. Um, that's, that's the biggest thing that I see that people should work on. I love that because, you know, it's kind of like poker. Uh, in poker, you could play perfect and still lose, right? So you can't be results-oriented. Oh, yeah. You can't make a bad play, make money on it, yep. and think you're a great poker player, right? It's the same thing with pool. You know, there's decisions that you're supposed to make while you play pool. And if you make the wrong one and try a three-rail bank shot when you had an easy safety there and you happen to make it, it doesn't mean that 
you know, it was the right play. And so without, yeah. with not being results oriented and just trying to get to that place. And with a lot of the professionals that I've talked to, that's what they strive for, you know, is to get to that place where they're playing, you know, at almost like a Zen like level. And it's not so much about winning and losing. It's about kind of achieving perfection as a player. You know, have you, have you seen, right. have you seen that in your own game? Absolutely. Uh, you kind of gave me a heads up on some of the questions just so I didn't panic like Molina Mike. So I was like, Joey, give me a few softball questions. I'll, <laughs> I'll be ready. Uh, it ties back to my most crushing defeat. And I was thinking it was, so my first year in Vegas um, at VNEA going through the regular division and nine ball ended up in the finals. And I was like, man, I just want to win this and it's going to be the coolest thing ever. So I was on the hill in the first set and it's only raced to five or so. And it was maybe four to three. And I had the perfect opportunity, opportunity, easy eight, bump it over for position on the nine. And I was thinking like right before I shot the eight, I was like, I got this. I won. So then I left the present moment, got down on the shot. Uh, hit it right into the rail, jawed the eight ball. Should have been out 99 times out of 100, but just leaving that present moment, thinking thinking about results in the future when I still have a job to do of my shot routine, left it. So I think that that's a, a huge lesson for amateurs. Don't leave the present. Don't worry about the results. They'll They'll come. Focus on the process. That's your job for the shot. Man, if I had a nickel for every time I went through something similar, <laughs> I had John Schmidt down eight to nothing and erased a nine one time. And, you know, I'm already, I'm looking at the online bracket, like, who do I play next? And of course, you know what happened from there? You know, John ends up oh, yeah. catching fire and coming back and beating me nine to eight. So you mentioned VNEA. I know a lot of your pool success has been in VNEA. Take us through some of your accomplishments. I, you seem like a humble guy, so this is probably uncomfortable for you, but take us through some of your achievements with VNEA and maybe some other tournaments and events. Sure. I mean, honestly, just started out with my parents. They they ran the VNEA Junior League in Pure South Dakota, where I grew up, just so I could get qualified for Junior Nationals, and that was over in like Minnesota and Iowa at the time. Um, we ended up doing pretty well in a team event one year, but my highest was third in a singles event for VNEA uh, Junior Nationals. Um, outside of that, we have South Dakota State tournaments as adults. Um, I've won that, I'd say, four times in singles events at like the master's level, so the highest amateur level in South Dakota. And then just a couple of years ago, we, we won the master's team in eight ball, which was super cool to do with some, some great friends and just share that victory together. Um, and then, yeah, VNEA Vegas, I, I held off for a long time. I was like, uh, Vegas, I don't know if my wife and I would really like enjoy that sort of thing. But then I was like, no, it's, it's time to go and like really test my skills against some some high level amateurs and, and people from different countries, and that's just always appealing. So we went to Vegas um, outside of the pool tournament, loved it. We're, we're big fans of food and just hanging by the pool, nice weather. So so there just happened to be a pool tournament, um, happened to do really well, and I won the, the nine ball in the regular division, 
I'm like, perfect. We have a, a good chunk of money from that tournament. Let's parlay it into next year, VNEA Vegas. So we go again. And this is 2019, uh, bumped up to the intermediate division, ended up winning the, the intermediate eight ball this time, uh, undefeated, which was pretty cool and uh, interesting because I enjoy eight ball, but it's, it's not my favorite. And I'm not really known for my eight ball. So it's like, cool. Intermediate's a, a great level for, for amateur working player and win the eight ball. I was super pleased. So we're going to parlay that money again into 2020 Vegas, but then COVID happened. So we're going uh, actually next week. So that'll be the next VNEA Vegas is starting next week, end of May through early June. And I'll be in the, the masters for all the events. Any predictions for that event? Uh, we're going to go, go there and focus on processes and, and the results will be what they will be They're They're out of my control. I just know I'm going to have fun, see a lot of friends, um, and just put my focus on doing my job and just giving every shot the attention it deserves. Um, another piece of advice that a lot of amateurs forget, um, if you're down on a shot and you have that little voice in your head, that's like, I, I feel funny. And then you com- combat it with, now it's an easy shot. I can make it. And then you miss, just stand up. You'll, you'll make way more shots. You'll win more matches, more tournaments. Just, just listen to that initial voice. If you're not comfortable, stand back up. Yeah. That voice always knows, you know, it's funny. I tried to trick you there because you did all this talking about process over results. And then I tried to get you to predict <laughs> how you were going to do it. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, it's so uncanny how that voice happens, right? You're down, you're running out of rack of nine ball or 10 ball. Everything feels great in the world. And you roll up on a shot that you've made thousands of times and something in your head's like, I think I might miss this ball. And then, like you said, you reassure yourself, oh, now I've made this ball thousands of times, and boom, you shoot it right in the rail. I don't know why that happens, and I can't explain it, but you're so right. Like, if you take the time, and it, you look ridiculous sometimes, you know, because it's an easy shot, and you stand up, and you oh, walk yeah. around the table, but you'd much rather make the ball, you know, and, and keep on going. Yes, it's, yes. it's crazy how often that happens. I'm curious, who are some of your favorite players to watch? Ah, that's a, that's a good one. So just being from South Dakota, I grew up, you know, watching Shane. Um, Dick Spitzer is a, a high level amateur that used to play in South Dakota, um, had success on pro tour and BNEA Vegas is an amateur as well. Um, I'm just getting into to one pocket. You could maybe kind of see some of the books behind me on my, my workshelf with, with a couple trophies and, I'm really addicted to one pocket now and learning everything I can. So, so watching all the the streams of one pocket matches with like Tony and Scott Frost, like that's, that's just super appealing. And I enjoy the, the aggressive style of that. I I have a great book recommendation for you. If you don't have it already, uh, a friend, a friend of mine that I used to play against in Maryland, although I never played one pocket against him ironically, but his name's Tom Worth. He wrote a book, One One Pocket, A Game of Controlled Aggression. Excellent book. I picked it up about six months ago. And Tom was great to work with. He wrote me a little note in there and everything. So if you don't have that one, I can definitely uh, connect you with Tom so you can get that one. It's a great, great resource. Awesome. That's going to be good. Yeah, I just, 
I, I like the the mental strategy of that one. It's it's very chess like, and I might not shoot as good as you, but I'm going to think I'm smarter than you, and that's just just hilarious. And I find that that game really intriguing right now. Yeah, I'm with you. I love that game. It's a game where you bring out all of your skills as a pool player. You might win. You, you might play a, a nine ball race you know, to seven or an eight ball race to seven and you might never bank a ball. You know, you might never, I'm sure you're going to have to kick in nine ball, but you might not have to be as precise as you do in one pocket. Right. And so, and it's, it's such a simple game, right? Don't let your opponent shoot at his hole. You know, you're going to win, Yeah. but that's so hard to execute sometimes. It's, it's crazy, you know, and, and watching these people who've played and played and just seeing them get out of your traps you know, you can really learn a lot. And I, I get the feeling you're kind of a cerebral player. And so that's probably why you're, probably why you're pretty attracted to the game. What is your favorite game other than, like, I know what you're dabbling in one pocket now. You said you don't like eight ball as much. What is your favorite game? So so my whole background is all bar box, bar box everything. That's, that's what we have in South Dakota. Um, big fan of any rotation game on a bar table. Um, I just think that's, requires a little more pinpoint position you you have to run out and you're not going to be on like plan g and eight ball and still get out the wrong way um so nine balls probably my game on the bar box but 10 balls right up there as well well i've seen some amazing highlights from you and i'm going to try to insert them into this video so that people can see some but (laughs) a lot of them involve a jump shot uh, yeah. watching you execute the jump shot. How did you get, how did you hone your jump shot skills other than just bad position? <laughs> bad position. That, no. How did you hone, hone your jump shot skills? What jump cue do you use? And maybe a, a little piece of advice to those folks out there that are trying to jump balls. Yeah, honestly, just kind of growing up as a young kid, you're like, I want to do the cool shots and make a trick shot video and jump shots is right up in there. But it wasn't until there's a player from Sioux Falls. Uh, he uses a Keith Hansen cues. He's a cue maker from Sioux Falls and kind of got a cool story with him. But Maury Johnson is like got to be the best jumper in the state of South Dakota. And he just blows my mind with what he's capable of doing. So then I'm like, well, if he can do that, I know it's possible. So then I'm just going to work my tail off to get to kind of on his level or at least close to it and just, just practice really. So I use Keith Hansen cues out of Sioux Falls as my jump cue. Um, also use a Q tech silver bullet um, as another jump cue, just depending on the distance I have to jump uh, the hype and just control. So kind of just using two different jump cues and yeah. Uh, just, just always makes for good highlights and, and getting me out of trouble if I play bad position or, or they lay down a good safety that I can still jump out of. Have you tried the Propel? I mean, I'm not on QTEX payroll or anything, but I recently started using the Synergy shafts uh, from QTEC, and I, I really love oh, them. Sure. I, I have a few of them. Uh, but I bought a QTEC Propel jump cue to raffle off for the YouTube channel that I did not too long ago. And it's yeah. funny because I said it was test hit about five times. It was probably test hit yeah. about 500 times because I was loving it. <laughs> but I'm curious if you've tried that Propel Jump Cue. Yeah, I've, I've tried it. I have 
a lot of friends with it and it jumps super easy. For some strange reason, I feel like I just get a little more control with the silver bullet, probably just because I, I haven't put in the time to get used to it and know the little nuances because on jump shots, if you're off just a little bit, depending where that cue ball lands, is it still bouncing? What kind of speed does it have? That's They're super touchy. So I think I would enjoy the propel. I just need to go through the growing pains of, of working with it and getting that experience and exposure to it. Tell us about some of your experiences with the action report. Sure. So this was probably around the time of like late high school going into the college years for me. I knew Chad Pullman out of Sioux Falls, one of the founders of the action report. Um, he invited me on a couple different trips. We would go to like Shooter's Billiards in Olathe, Kansas. A um, couple different events there, and then also Big Dog Billiards in Des Moines, Iowa to see, like, I think that one was Scott Frost for Shane on the bar box. Um, just getting to see the pros in person, uh, see them shoot, practice, gamble at a high level, high competition is just always going to help someone's game when you're around that and be like, okay, this is this is what high-level pool is, and then just gaining some funny stories from all the, the trips and the, the gambling stories with that is great experience for, for an amateur and super blessed to have that as a young kid kind of growing up in the pool world. So you mentioned stories and I know you're kind of on the spot here, but do you have any funny or interesting stories from your time playing pool? I mean, I think back, if somebody were to ask me that, I probably have a hundred of them, but it's hard to recall them sure. right at any given time. Yeah. Um, I did. There was one interesting one where a fight broke out in a pool hall in Baltimore when I was in there. And uh, this guy knocked the guy out, broke his leg. And this skinny little guy, about 150 pounds, jumps up and starts giving him a 10 count. <laughs> you know, things like that, that, you know, just happens sometimes. I'm just curious if you have any funny stories to share. It, it's it's unpool related in the story itself. So so Chad Pullman, uh, one of the founders of Tar, he's six four, four hundred and twenty pounds. He's a, a man larger than life. Big boy. So me and him were traveling from Sioux Falls. We leave in the middle of the night to go to Shooters, and uh, so we go all the way through the night. We we get to Olathe like six a.m. And he just has a funny way with people. Nicest guy ever. We roll into the hotel and like have our stuff. And he goes up to the front desk. He's like, hey, sweetheart, what what time's breakfast? Or like, what do you do for breakfast at the hotel? And she's like, oh, you're just in time. And in 10 minutes, we'll, we'll set out some trays of donuts and breakfasty things like that. And he's perfect. He's like, well, we'll hang around the 10 minutes. Mind you, he's 6'4", 400-some pounds. We wait the 10 minutes. She brings out two beautiful trays of donuts. He grabs both trays. We head to the hotel room, and he finishes all <laughs> all the donuts. And I was like, are you kidding me? That was breakfast. No He's like, yep, I think we'll, we'll do something for lunch in a little bit. So that was just <laughs> mind-blowing and hilarious. That's funny. That's funny. So, Tanner, tell me what you like to do when you're not shooting pool. Sure. So married to my, my wife, Brittany, um, she's a great support for my pool career as an amateur, but outside of that, so we live in Rapid City, South Dakota, the, the Black Hills, 
we enjoy a lot of like hiking and outdoory things like that, uh, do a little camping, uh, do a lot of cooking together, and then also going to restaurants. We're, we're a big fan of, of food, so just kind of anything outdoorsy and, and food-related, we're, we're in for sure. And then we're, we're both artists, actually. Um, so I'm, I'm more abstract paintings, and she'll do different abstract paintings and creations. So that kind of takes, takes most of our time outside of pool. Yeah, I heard about that. I think I've seen some of your work. Uh, do you sell it, or do you just do it for fun? Yeah. How does that work? Yeah, so, so my wife, Brittany, got me into to painting she was the original artist and i was like well it looks kind of fun i'll i'll maybe make a mess in in our little studio we have and just kind of developed from there so so all abstract stuff for me um and i do like abstract american flag paintings is is my biggest seller right now and sometimes some abstract pool balls but yeah we just in our free time kind of create and then sell those to our biggest clients are pool players just because they're, they're friends and uh, we're blessed to have them support us. Awesome. Well, I'd like to, uh, I'll put up a link or something so people can connect with you sure. or, you know, cause uh, I know a lot of pool players. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So do you find that your background with art uh, and your wife's background with art, does that ever come into play in your pool game? Like, do you ever, I would say, yeah, just kind of the, the creative aspect, like there's numerous solutions for every shot, like, okay, you make it, and then what's your creative solution to get shape or, or play a safety, but just ties back to that, that process, the thing we do every shot, but then you get some freedom of, okay, what's my, my creative solution to, to get there in the end, and yeah, that's just super appealing, just Pool, pool is a beautiful game. So we talked about your VNEA success, your success out in Vegas. Where would you like to go with pool? Is there a particular event or you know a way that you could challenge yourself, uh, maybe to take it to the next level? Have you given that some thought? Sure. I mean, coming up next week, the the Masters Division in uh, VNEA Vegas is going to be like. A who's who of top amateur pool players like Tony Piazza is going to be there playing in the Masters. Um, the whole like Minnesota Masters crew is coming over. It's even though there's not uh, a lot of foreign countries coming just with the the travel restrictions. It's it's a who's who of top amateur pool. So I think that's that's pretty much about as far as I'm going to go. Um, I I enjoy my job. I like the stability, but but now I'm, I'm ready to put more focus on the, the pool instruction side of things. Just start doing more, more events like in Denver. Also have uh, an event in the summer coming up in Boise, Idaho. So, so a little more focus on instruction. I think I'm, I'm good where I'm at on the, the amateur competition level. So what are your favorite, uh, do you have any favorite like professional events uh, right now, even though we've had the pandemic, uh, we're coming off of Matchroom's World Cup of Pool. I don't know if you caught that, but yeah. I, I thought that was incredible. You had the Championship League Pool, which I think people are still trying to figure out the format, <laughs> but it was still great to watch you know, all the pros play. You had, obviously, the Moscone Cup. Now we have the World Pool Masters coming up. 
you know, U.S. Open, if stuff gets back to normal, what are some of your favorite events to kind of sweat or get into? For sure. Um, just have to give Emily credit with Matchroom. Anything Matchroom is they're doing lately is just top-notch, uh, provides great entertainment for everyone in person or streaming, just the, the drama of all those matches and, and bringing all the, the high-quality pros together is, just awesome that we can watch that or, or be in attendance. Um, another one, I think the Derby would be a great one to for, for me to attend um, just to see, see all those pros up close and personal um, and then participate in the, the one, one pocket division. Hopefully I think that'd be a, a fun little test and you never know who you're going to draw on that. So as an amateur, that's, that's appealing just to pay my entry fee and, and hope I get, some cool draw and a, a great professional. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the Moscone cup. Are you a fan of watching that event? Love that. I, I wouldn't change a thing about the format, nothing, the, the short races. That's where the drama is going to come from. It's nine ball. That's a dramatic game. Like that's perfect. That's what the viewer wants. That's what we sweat. And that's, that's where the entertainment comes from. I'm I'm excited to watch it this year and then in whatever future years if it's back in Vegas territory I think that that has to be on someone's bucket list as a pool player just cuz it's so accessible for us. So I have a theory about why, you know, obviously the US lost this year, won the two years prior and then had a losing streak for a while. I have kind of a theory uh one theory sure. about why that is. Um, but do you have any theories as to why kind of the Europeans in some ways have surpassed the U.S. in terms of that particular event? Yeah, I mean, kind of going back to the, the process over the results, um, they're, they're super clear about their process. We do it every shot, and they just work their tails off, and it's very regimented. They have coaches, which I think is valuable just, just because I see that in players. If, if you have a coach pushing you and explaining things, it's a very European thing right now. And I think America's starting to catch on. Joey Gray, Jeremy Jones are doing great jobs of, of kind of breaking down that barrier. Like, no, you can have coaches as, a, as an American. And I think just over time, that's going to really bring back the results for the, the USA side of things. You stole my answer because that's what I think that I think that's a big difference is the personal coaches, right? Because it's one yeah. thing, you know, I think in the United States, there's been this, this idea, right? They see a flyer with Tanner Pruce and Adam King in Denver and they're like, Oh, well, I play, you know, I, I play somewhere near you guys. So I don't need to go to their thing, you know? And there's almost like an ego that kind of comes into play where people think that they don't need instruction and it goes, it's, it, I guess, boils over into coaching. Like, well, why do I need a coach? You know, but you look at Tiger Woods, he has a swing coach. You know, you look at, you know, every, you know, mainstream major athlete, they have coaches that are helping them develop different aspects of their game, their strength and conditioning, you know, hitting coaches in baseball, pitching coaches, et cetera. And I really think we're missing a big opportunity in the United States for coaching. And obviously there's got to be money there to support any industry and pools has challenges there. But do you see, cause just talking to you, I see you as kind of like a person, a personality that might 
really be good in that role, right? Like partnering with somebody like a Shane Van Boning and, you know, being there to watch his form, being there to say, Hey Shane, you're getting away from this. Or did you try that? Or did you try this? And obviously you're not the player that Shane Van Boning is, but that doesn't mean you couldn't be a coach. Have you given thought to personal coaching with maybe top caliber players? Yeah, I think kind of once I, I work my tail off on the, the amateur side of things and, and coaching them, getting some results, just to kind of build a resume as a, a pool instructor and, and translating that over, okay, let's let's work with some lower level pros and make sure we can still provide that value. And then, you know, who knows where it goes, really. Yeah, I mean, I think that's huge. Uh, I'm not very good at that, <laughs> to be honest. Like, people ask me, they ask me, well, how do you do X, Y, and Z? I don't know. I've been playing pool for, you know, yeah. 40 years. I don't know. I just do it. How do you aim? I don't know, yeah. right? But then I've met people, my buddy Mark White, who I do the Booth Brothers with, he is yeah, a yep, big he's, he's a coach, and he saw a video of me shooting pool, and he was like, "Let me tell you the forty-seven things you did wrong there." <laughs> and I'm like, "I ran out. What are you talking about?" You know. So I think that's yeah, a, I, I think that's a huge opportunity that that we're missing in this country that could really help to elevate the game and get us back on that level where we're not the underdog going into the Moscone. And obviously, we field a great team. There's no doubt about it. And the five players we put up this year, everybody was talking about Chris Robinson. Oh, I don't know about him. Played the best out of all of them. You know, so we have the talent to do it. Um, but the, I think that fundamentally, you know, when the pressure and the heat is on, the fundamentals are so important, right? And that's where the fundamentals start to break down uh, if they're not rock solid is when that pressure is on. Yeah. And I think a coach really helps with that. So who... If you were picking, let's say Jeremy Jones gives you a call and he's like, hey, I hear you're doing some great things up there in South Dakota, Tanner. Uh, I'm stepping down from Moscone captain. I'd like for you to be the captain. Who would your five be? Ooh, that's, you know, I'm going to answer it. I'm, I'm not shy about it. I think you, you have to have Shane on there. Uh, big fan of Sky of what he brings to the team. Um, I think Bergman definitely has to be on there for, for nine ball. And then I'm going to go with Tyler Steyer just because he's very process-oriented over results and he's ready to put in the, the hard work. And then also Chris Robinson. I think he's he's right there too. Uh, focus on the process. Who cares about the result? We'll, we'll learn from it if we fail and just work our tail off to get better. Um, I've actually sent a couple messages back and forth with Chris on like the mental game of things and he provided some some good book recommendations from uh, Tim Grover is the the author of Relentless and Winning. So if you, if you're interested in the mental side of sports and and winning, I think those are both two two really good books that I would check out. And I think that that's the mindset that Team USA has to kind of take over. I love that you answered the question. I loved yeah. the five people you picked. I loved that you gave a book recommendation. And in fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give away a copy of the book to a random commenter of this video. So guys, if you want a copy of that book, what was the name of the book again, Tanner? I'm going to order it. So there's two of them, uh, Relentless by Tim Grover. And then the newest one, I just got it yesterday. It's called Winning from Tim. Oh, both from Tim. Okay. So we'll give away two. We'll give away one of each. Uh, to a lucky commenter. So go ahead and hit up the comments. 
uh, tell me what you love, what you hate about the podcast. Uh, and, and I will randomly pick, uh, two comments and we'll send out a book to you. So thanks for those recommendations, Tanner. I appreciate it. And you know, the comments that you made about Chris Robinson, I just got to say, I'm a huge fan of Chris Robinson. I sat there and watched him just struggle through three days of Danny Olson just playing almost perfect pool. And it was yeah. so bad that like you got to root for Chris. He's just such a great guy. And I had breakfast with him the, the second morning and, you know, we talked and, and man, he was just, he was so stoic in defeat. You know, he was so, um, just a great sport about it, you know, and knew that he needed to get back to the drawing board, especially with his 10 ball break and work on it. And I believe it, right? There's some people that say, oh yeah, I'm going to go back and I'm going to work on this. And I'm like, are you really going to do that? <laughs> but not Chris Robinson. I agree with you. And I think if you look at trajectories of where players are headed in the next five or so years, I think he's headed straight to the top. I think that was a great call. Yeah, I think just after that match with Danny of how he broke down on Facebook, okay, here's here's what happened. Here's what I learned. That kid's not a loser. He's, he's going to learn every time he fails, and that's just another tool in his toolbox for his next match. And Yeah, I think he's just going to continue to be more rock solid with the coming years, and that'll be fun to watch him grow. So we talked about your desire to do uh, billiards instruction, how you guys are doing that. You're doing it with Adam. You do it yourself. Uh, what about folks maybe who've you know played pool for 20, 25 years, they're good amateur players, but they have that eye. They can pick up on things. Do you have any recommendations for them in terms of starting the process of becoming a billiards instructor? Um, so, so something I'm going to go through, hopefully in the, the near future, just depending on schedule and travel, um, just go through the PBIA certification, um, for instructors. One that's, that's going to be a great resource for you as an instructor of content to teach and like a proper way to teach it. And then also on the marketing side of things, you'll be on their website, you'll be accessible for people searching like the state of South Dakota, who's a pool instructor. I don't think there's anyone right now. So I, I think that's going to be the, the biggest key to tying it together seriously is just go through the PBIA uh, different, they do like three-day trainings for, for instructors to get certified. And I think that's going to be the best way to get started. So you're an instructor, you're a great player, uh, you are an artist have you considered some online content, maybe a YouTube channel yeah. or something like that? Yeah, I think um, just finding a, a good venue to record in un, uninterrupted is going to be key. But yeah, definitely since I enjoy the mental side of the game and that's easily communicated over the internet, I think developing some kind of course or curriculum for that is definitely one of my next steps just because if I can't get to Denver as much as I would like, I can say, hey, here's here's my online course you can get through just to kind of tide you over until maybe my next trip or, or maybe there's opportunities for someone I would never see in person. Hey, I can still help you in, and work with your game online. And I think just with like Zoom, the, the technology's there and just getting that set up first and then tweaking it I think that's definitely kind of my next route to go for sure. 
Well, if you need any help with that, let me know. Obviously, I've had to learn a lot to start this podcast, and I've met yeah. some great people along the way. Lil Chris, who does a YouTube channel, yeah. uh, got I think he's got over 60,000 subscribers, and he puts out videos, and you know, it's funny because you can watch a stop shot video from Dr. Dave, from you know, Lil Chris, from Carl Boys, you know, all these guys, Niels, they all have this online presence, yeah. right? And you can pick up something from each. You know, like something, yeah. something different, a nuance or a new way of describing something that I think can really help a lot of players out there. And so I would encourage you to do that. I'd encourage you to start a YouTube channel or some type of online content that you can share what's in that head of yours with all those people that are out there. Now, not everything, right? Because you still got <laughs> you still yeah. got to get some some students. But I think that would be a good route to go. And I'm willing to help you anything you need to get started. Yeah, kind of the the cool thing I just started real recently is just releasing in a, a cool kind of eye-catching graphic is like simple weekly tips, maybe not necessarily on fundamentals or mechanics, but more on like the mental side of things. If, okay, let's, let's disregard things we can't control, like a player getting lucky in nine ball. Like you can't control that. Just wait for your next opportunity to get to the table, do your job. And, and just sharing those type of tips on, on Facebook has been good marketing for me and then also helping me as an instructor to communicate those ideas well um, and concisely has been great. So I also have a Patreon account. I'm not sure if you know what that is, but for online yeah. content creators, folks can support the channel. So like Pool Player Podcast. So I'm wondering, would you be willing to do like a one minute video or something uh, maybe two oh, minutes yeah. with some of those mental tips or something that I could share to my Patreon audience, give them like a little extra something out of this. Absolutely. Yeah. Any, anytime we can provide some value, help you along the way. I'm, I'm in thousand percent. So Tanner, do you have any sponsors or maybe just people you want to thank for their support along the way? Sure. Uh, absolutely. My wife and parents, um, just always supporting the different adventures I go on. And um, if they're traveling with me, like they'll go get the scorecard while I can go to the table first and find my break. And that's just super helpful in, in any sort of competition. Um, my employer is super flexible. I work for MG Oil out of Rapid City. Um, they're always behind me of whatever tournaments I want to go to and, and make that work with my schedule. And then Keith Hansen Cues, um, based out of Sioux Falls, he's He's kind of my cue sponsor, and I help help him with his website. But they're just a, a great family, put out a great product that I'm behind, and kind of got a, a cool story with how I actually met him, if, if we want to cover that and have just a little time. Sure, yeah. Lay it on me. So, okay, so let's go back to VNEA Junior Nationals. Um, they give us different little goodie bags of chalk and goofy little products, but one of the years – had to be early high school they gave us the hand of masters 1995 calendar the year wasn't even 1995 so i don't know why we got it kind of like a collector's item so i'm flipping through this and i'm like hey this guy's from sioux falls south dakota keith hansen wow he does like these are like the best of the best cue makers in this calendar and i just thought that was cool never met him didn't know much about him outside that Fast forward to, I think, the years 2008 and 8. Um, I'm in, like, my sophomore year of college. That weekend is homecoming. 
but our state nine ball tournament is that week kind of going into the weekend. And I was like, well, I'd like to go play master singles and, and just do that. No team. And then we can go, go back to the other side of the state and enjoy homecoming. So I end up in the finals and I'm playing none on none other than Keith Hansen. And I'm like, you're the guy from the calendar. And he's like, yeah, I, I make cues. And he showed me the one he was making. I ended up winning that state tournament and that was my, my first master's title. And then we just kind of forged a, a friendship from there and yeah, helped him with his website. Now I shoot with all Keith Hansen stuff and just a great guy. And I thought it was the craziest thing of, of how we met just going from the junior internationals, like, Hey, you're in this calendar to meeting in the finals of the masters was just storybook. It was, it was cool. You know, Tanner, you seem like an awesome guy. And just from our interactions over the last, what, eight, nine months online, sure. just a great influence to the game of pool, a great personality for the game of pool. Does that ever factor into your mind when you're thinking about like your students and the people that you work with is not just teaching them about pool, but teaching them about, you know, how to be a decent human, how to be a good competitor, a good sport. Does that, does that ever come into play? Oh, for sure. Just, just using my faith to reach out to people. Yeah. With pool instruction, but yeah, like how can we help each other and just be human beings kind of along the, along the journey. That's, that's what it's all about. Really. That's awesome, man. We need more people like you in the game and I thank you for taking the time to be with me. So really for those of you or for those people out there that aren't familiar with Tanner Pruce, uh, go ahead and lead us out. Tell us, tell them what you want them to know about you. That's a, a good question. I'm, I'm just always here to help um, as a person, pool instructor, player. Um, if I can provide some kind of help, like that brings me joy. So um, just reach out with whatever request and let's see if I can't help a little bit.